Okay, everyone, we're going to uh, start back up again. We've got a couple more carols to sing at the end. And just before we do, um, I just want to spend a few minutes uh, with you, encouraging us to think about why it is that Christmas um, is such good news, like why we uh, want to celebrate it, um, why we enjoy to celebrate it. Uh, Let me just tell you a little story about a man approaching his 70s. He lived in the uh, suburbs of Chicago, and he was a widower, and about five or six years previous to the events that I'm describing. Um, he had a son, like a, an adult son, he had a granddaughter, um, but he had a heated argument with his son um, and they both sort of said things that they regretted, but they both said to each other that they didn't want to speak to each other again. Um, he said he didn't want to speak to his son, his son said the same to him, and they hadn't uh, spoken since. It's like I say, five or six years had passed. Um, he hadn't seen his son since then. He hadn't seen his granddaughter since then. He'd become a bit of a loner, didn't really know his neighbours. Um, there was like a lot of untrue rumours going around about things that may or may not have taken place in his past. Um, and on Christmas Eve in 1990, um, he had gone to uh, the, the, the local church to listen to the sort of rehearsal for a carol concert. Uh, that evening because that was his chance to see and hear his uh, granddaughter sing because he wasn't welcome to go to the actual concert because his son uh, didn't want him there and when he was there he found himself in a surprisingly deep conversation with an eight-year-old boy and uh, found himself like telling this boy uh, about this argument that he'd had um, with his son and and why he was there listening to his granddaughter why he'd never seen his granddaughter for, for years um, and the boy encouraged him to, to reach out to his son. He said, like, pick up the phone and just call him, like, ask him. Um, I'm sure he wants to see you. And, and the guy was saying, oh, no, I'm afraid to do that. And the boy sort of encouraged him um, to do that, but didn't know what was going to happen because the boy had other things that he had to go off and do, and, and he went off and did that. And then the next morning, which was, was Christmas morning, the boy, um, after a really long night, had looked, looked out um, through the window and saw the old man there um, with his son arriving, his son, his daughter-in-law, his granddaughter arriving, they were embracing, they'd been reconciled. And so in that moment there, he saw old man Marley had been reconciled with his family. Kevin had defeated Harry and Marv, the burglars who had tried to destroy his house the night before, and Home Alone had secured its place as the all-time classic Christmas film. Now, I was watching that last week um, in our house um, with our boys, and I was thinking about particularly that reconciliation of old man Marley, who's the... Um, the guy who he's scared of and ends up uh, saving Kevin at the end and reconciled with his family. Um, because I wanted to look at a couple of verses from the Bible um, here today that talk about reconciliation. It's from a book uh, called Colossians where it says this. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that's Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on heaven or things in earth, by, on, on the earth by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. I'll read that out again because I, I, I got tied up in the middle of it. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And so I just wanted to spend a, a few minutes to say why we think that Christmas is so amazing. One of the reasons is because Jesus came to bring reconciliation. What does reconciliation mean? Well, it means the sort of restoration of like good relations, the good relationships means to be reunited, to have a relationship restored. If reconciliation is necessary, then something must have gone wrong. Like You don't need to be reconciled if there hasn't been a problem there in the first place. And I think we feel the need like where reconciliation is needed. We feel the, like the sting of that more keenly at Christmas, like it stings a bit worse. We feel it particularly strongly. 
like if there is conflict in a relationship in, in your life, then we feel it like it, it feels heavier at Christmas. Like we desire reconciliation. We long for it so much that we're willing to sort of like work really hard to maybe just sort of paper over the cracks to like get together a bit, even if we know that it's not going to last um, for the sake of those celebrations at Christmas. And if it's not possible, then we'll, at Christmas we'll be more, more than ever looking back and with, with like nostalgia and fondness for the, the memory of how that, that those relationships were. And it's not just about ourselves. We might look around and think we've got a desire for reconciliation within this country or within the, the world instead of the increase in division that we see. I've been talking with some people recently about how we in a, an outrage epidemic, like people just outraged everybody. And at Christmas, we just feel like we've got more than ever that desire for peace and goodwill to all men rather than just shouting louder at the enemy on the other side. And so we've got that desire for reconciliation and the, the good news of Jesus entering the earth in the, the Christmas story is that he makes reconciliation possible. Sometimes we might feel like it's not possible, but these verses say that Jesus came to bring reconciliation. Now, I don't know what the exact age is, but depending on your age, then when I hold this up, you'll either be filled with like memories that no other magazine can create, or you'll be thinking, what is a magazine? I don't know what, that, I don't know what the, uh, the exact age for that is, but you'll be one or the other. Now, I absolutely love um, the, the Christmas Radio Times. I still buy it. I'll still buy it next year. I'll buy it for as long as they're putting them out. However, I totally disagree with the statement that the editors put in their little uh, thing at the, the front of this year, which said this. So it's joint editors, Tom Loxley, Shemlaw, the, the, this is what they wrote. We live in uncertain times, but perhaps that's why Christmas is so important. That's OK so far. It's a glorious distraction from the sense that life is fragile, real and earnest. We all need a chance to escape. The broadcasters have been hard at work creating rich and varied opportunities for you to escape reality over the holidays. Now, as I said, I love the Radio Times. Um, I passionately disagree with that statement. Um, I, I like Christmas TV. I've gone through. I've highlighted things that I want to record and watch later. I'm, I'm not. I'm not dissing that in any way. But I'm rejecting the idea that Christmas is the best thing that Christmas offers is a way to escape from real life or distract yourself from the problems that are going to be there in January. Christmas is not about a distraction from real life. It's about the, the real life that we can experience, the best possible life that we can experience. It's not escapism from the real world. It's good news for the real world. And it's because Jesus came to bring that reconciliation. In that verse that I read out, it said he came to reconcile all things. That's everything. There's nothing outside of that category. All things just means everything you can think of. Elsewhere in the Bible, it says he came to reconcile all people. And the Bible talks a lot, particularly about Jews and Gentiles. He came to bring Jews and Gentiles together, which is difficult for us to understand just how impossible that would have seemed at the time. It's like I said, we'll bring unionists and loyalists together or we bring Palestinians and Jews together. Jesus came to bring reconciliation of like all situations, all people. It's one of the readings that we read earlier that the, the angels like declared to the shepherds that Jesus was coming to bring peace on earth and goodwill to men. It's not just a pipe dream or like wishful thinking. It's possible. There's a possibility of reconciliation through Jesus. He came to reconcile things that we think are irreconcilable differences. There's no longer anything in your life, in my life, in the world that is beyond the possibility of reconciliation. So it's possible for old man Marley to be reconciled to his son. It's possible for um, Alan Rickman and um, Emma Thompson, to, like there's a possibility of them to be reconciled after he's bought his secretary that weird necklace. 
Um, it's possible for Buddy, El- Buddy the Elf's dad, I don't know what his name is, to be reconciled to Buddy and his, his other son as well. It's possible for John McClane to be reconciled to Holly once of escape from the Nakatomi Plaza. You can go through as many films as you like, and there's a possibility of reconciliation there. And that's why we that's why we like latch on to them, that's why we enjoy them. And this says that's like not just escapism from the real world, where we look at a film and think, oh yeah, isn't reconciliation brilliant? That Jesus has come to make that possible in the real world. So it's possible for you to be reconciled to that person who you no longer talk to. And it might be because you did something against them. It might be that they did something against you. But it's possible for you to be reconciled with that person. How does it happen? Well, it tells us a couple of things here about how Jesus brings reconciliation. Firstly, like some, to, to be reconciliation, like somebody's got to make the first move. So old man Marley and his son were like in a stalemate sort of situation. It needed somebody to make the first move. Otherwise, it wasn't going to happen. If neither party's talking to each other, then there's going to have to be a point where somebody like makes that first move and somebody talks. Maybe it's a third party, like getting them together or whatever. But there needs to be some change. There needs to be somebody making the first move. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. What we see in the birth of Jesus is God making that first move. It says in that verse I read out earlier that Jesus was the fullness of God. This is God becoming human. It's God entering the broken world to do something about it. That's why people have been so excited about this. They've been singing about it and celebrating just as we are doing now. They've been doing that for 2000 years because this is such good news. God's not looking down at the state of the world or at the state of your like broken relationships thinking, oh, he's got his arms folded, shaking his head, saying, well, if you just followed my advice, you wouldn't be in that situation. It's not that. What we see in the Christmas story is God stepping down off his throne, entering the world to make it possible for peace and reconciliation. Things that we can't sort out ourselves, no matter how we try. The good news of Christmas is that someone can sort it out and that he's arrived. So how do do we know that this is possible beyond me just saying it is? When we still look around ourselves and in the world that we live and think that there's still a lot of like a lack of reconciliation. Well, we know it's possible because these verses tell us of the ultimate reconciliation that's taken place that proves that every other reconciliation is possible. In a moment, we're going to sing uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and there's a line in that that says, God and sin is reconciled. And that's the ultimate reconciliation that proves any other type of reconciliation is possible. Now, when you sing that, don't brush it off because it says God and sinners. Don't brush that off as thinking, oh, yeah, but what, like, what is this thing of like breaking some arbitrary rules? Why do I need to be reconciled? It's not that. The primary way that the Bible describes that, like God and sinners, is, is a broken relationship. That we've been created by God, designed for a relationship with him, and we've been unfaithful in that relationship. I mentioned it in passing earlier on, the, the uh, characters that played by um, Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson in, in Love Actually, and there's, if you haven't seen it, there's a, they're married, and um, the, Alan Rickman, I don't know what the character's names are actually in the film, but Alan Rickman's uh, secretary is like pretty intensely sort of like flirting with him, um, and he buys uh, a sort of fancy gift, um, and Emma Thompson like finds this gift when he's bought bought it and assumes it's for her and then discovers like on Christmas Eve that he's actually uh, bought it for this other person and it's absolutely like brilliant acting from Emma Thompson when she sort of confronts him about it that it's just like you feel the pain of it you feel the pain of that betrayal it feels real 
Now, I don't think anybody would be looking at that and think, well, hang on, according to the evidence in the film, has he done anything wrong? All he's done is bought a gift. Like, we don't know whether there's been any any physical intimacy beyond that, but that's not the point. That's not the point at all. Because we can all watch that and feel the weight of the betrayal of that relationship. Whether he's committed the dictionary definition of adultery, we feel the betrayal that's happened. And that's how the Bible portrays that broken relationship between us and God. That we've said, like, we want your stuff, but we don't want anything to do with you. And so how can reconciliation happen in that sort of situation? Somebody's got to absorb the cost of that. Like, if I owe you £10, there's only, like, two ways that can be sorted out. Either I pay that off, I give you the £10, or you let me off with it, in which case it's cost you £10. It's the same process in relationships. Like, to be get, forgive and to be reconciled is that somebody needs to absorb the cost of, the, like, the pain of the hurt that's been um, caused. To forgive is no longer demanding that the other person pays that cost. Now, if one if one party is totally at fault, then they can't just decide to be reconciled. It, it needs the other person to be able to forgive, and it's not an easy matter. It's hard, and that's why this is such good news. That's why when we sing in God and sin is reconciled, it's like amazing news because uh, God has taken that first step and he's decided to pay that cost. He's decided to absorb that cost, which is why it says in those verses that he brought, brings peace through his blood, which was shed on the cross. So when we celebrate in Christmas, we celebrate in the birth of Jesus. That's God making that first move towards reconciliation. And we celebrate as well the death of Jesus, that he's absorbing that cost, making it possible for us to enter back into that reconciliation. That's the ultimate reconciliation. There's no greater reconciliation than that. And it proves then and offers hope for every other relationship that you've got that re uh, reconciliation is possible. So we're going to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing now. And as the, the, the musicians come up, um, let me just uh, mention a couple of things. Um, if you are new to Grace Church, um, thanks for coming. Like You're welcome to be here. We're delighted that you're here. Um, you may be thinking you're not interested in thinking about this anymore, which is fine. But if you are interested in thinking a bit more about this sort of stuff and why it's such good news um, that, that Jesus was born, then let me offer three suggestions of things you might want to do. Um, firstly, uh, we gather together as a church on a Sunday afternoon as a large group and then during the week um, in smaller groups to think about these things, to discuss these things, to enjoy them and, and celebrate them together. And if you're interested in thinking more about that, uh, then ask the person who invited you or ask me afterwards and I'll uh, give you more details about that. Secondly, you might have specific questions that you're thinking, oh, actually, um, I'd like to ask this or I'd like to know um, how as a Christian you, you, you reconcile that with this situation. And again, there'd be people from Grace Church who'd be happy to uh, meet up with you and discuss any questions you've got. Again, ask the person who invited you or ask me and I, I can uh, sort that out for you. Or you might want to take something away and just read and, and think about stuff yourself. And we've got some books there, uh, Four Kinds of Christmas, that just help us to explore the good news of Christmas. They're in a little chair in, in complete darkness on the way out there. So um, if you can find one of those, then you, you're free to take one of those um, if you want to read that. Um, so let's uh, celebrate that, that great reconciliation that's uh, been made possible by Jesus as we sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing.